We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Uh, for some of you, probably don't know, oh, you can take your seats, thank you. <laughs> um, this morning I've got a message, but before we get into it, I just wanted to introduce myself a little bit more. So lots of people know who I am, that I am Nicole, and um, but not a lot of people know that lot about, and not a lot about me. So um, I am one of the youth leaders here in Equipus Church Dunedin. Alongside my friend Anna, we lead the youth group here, and uh, we have a great time. On a Friday, we went to Cromwell, um, which is a three-hour drive, and we took 30 people with us, and we went to um, and set up there, so all of the stage went with us. Um, it doesn't look like it, because we put it all back, but this all went with us. We came back, and we put it in yesterday, and we went there, and there was over 130 young people out um, in Cromwell, which is phenomenal. That's a lot of young people. And then there was um, lots of responses to the message, and we just had a really great time. Um, so my heart is for young people. I love young people. And I, I moved to Dunedin two and a half years ago, and I love this city. And um, this is home for me now. I graduated uni last week, and um, yes, thank you. And, um, and so... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm staying in Dunedin. This is home for me. And, and I love Dunedin. I love this city. Um, I grew up in Masterton, a small town in the North Island. And um, I grew up with two brothers. And um, we grew up on a farm. And uh, now every time I go home, I'm like, oh, no, my shoes don't go on the mud. I'm sorry. Someone else has to get the gate. <laughs> and, and my mum is like, when did you become so pathetic? And I'm like, oh, since I got good shoes. <laughs> and, um, and, and that is is part of who I am. I, I, uh, I don't wear my shoes on the mud. Lots of people can testify to that, unless I've got gumboots on. Um, yes, and yeah, so I grew up in church. Um, when I was 16, I left church. Some circumstances happened in my life, and I just got really mad at God, and, um, and I just blamed Him for everything. So I walked away from church, and, and for the next 10 or so years, I did my own thing. And then um, one day, I had an encounter with God that changed my life. I had a moment with God that completely changed the path I was walking on to, to the one I'm on now. And, and in that moment, my entire life was, was restored to me, and, and I had... Um, yeah, I just, I know what it is that I am doing. I know that the life that I live now is the life that God created me for. And I know that in everything I do, it is God ordained and God purposed. And, um, and so, yes, uh, another little quality of me, um, somebody, uh, some of you would have seen a few weeks ago before Shout, we did, um, we had a live auction here <laughs> selling cakes and things. I actually am a trained auctioneer um, and I do do that as a job as well. <laughs> and so um, that's just a little uh, tip about me that people don't really know. So if I do start talking really fast, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> um, I do try and control it. Um, yeah, so God, God asked me to move to Dunedin two and a half years ago, and, and my life has not been the same since. Um, I love the city. I love all the people I've gotten to meet. I've, got, I've loved all of um, the family that I've created here, and, and my family were here 
from Macedon. They were here last weekend and uh, we were doing the walk, the grad walk. And I had, was like, come on, family, you can just come with me. It's fine. And so, like, you know, my degree is as much there as it is as mine because I'm actually dyslexic. And so for me to go to study and do that, um, I, I needed the support of my family. I needed the support of my mum, for one, who spent lots of hours reading all of my assignments and checking that my grammar was correct. <laughs> it never is. Um, and then... They were walking with me down the street and, and there was a whole group of my Dunedin family standing on the side of the road cheering me on and I was able to say to mum, like, look, there's my family. These guys are the people that championed me here. So thank you, everybody that supported me up until this point. You've played a big part of my journey. All right. Yeah, so this morning... I've got a message that God laid on my heart a few weeks ago, probably a couple of months ago now, actually. It's been one that I've been developing, and, and I really, I love this message. I did it at youth recently, and, and then um, a bit much shorter version, and then I, um, and then I did it at, at, um, at Mosgill City Campus recently, and uh, it was... Yeah, it's, it's developing and, and I love it. It's, it's my life story as well and something that I have learned to do over the past four and a half years. It's something, um, yeah. So the message is called, if you're taking notes, it's in your mouth. And, and it's on um, Second Chronicles 20 is the war um, with surrounding nations is what it's titled. And this is a little story. So the way that I preach is that I, I will take you on a journey through a story and, um, and hopefully we'll come out the other side realizing what the story was about or the way that God has unlocked it for me. I um, mean, so in this story, there's a king, Jehoshaphat. He rules Judah, and he is um, he is a godly king. He's a God-fearing king. He he um, seeks the Lord, and not only that, he encourages his people to do so as well. He is a king that that leads and talks the talk and walks the walk. You know, he's a guy that is like we're seeking the Lord. This whole kingdom, anything that is not of God, will not be in this place. And so he he um, he got rid of all the idols. He pushed out all the things that that were not godly in his rule and in his reign and he said this is who you will um, be worshipping and and so he was a godly king he sought the Lord and um, and all of the surrounding nations they feared him they feared the God that he served they saw what God had done for previous generations they they had heard stories about what had gone before and so all the surrounding nations were were terrified of this nation and they weren't a very big nation but they were a nation that was favored and so within this they they, they, they feared him, so they bought him gifts and they, they sent him all of the, the jewels and all of these kind of things just to like keep him happy, you know. They were like, we don't want to annoy him, so we'll just send him stuff to keep him happy and then he'll leave us alone. And, and, um, and so this, this was the way it was for a long time. And um, all of his people, all of the people within his reign, they followed his example. And they, they were godly people as well and they sought the Lord as well. It wasn't just, it flew from... It, it wasn't just him that was doing it. it. It flowed from the top. It was something that went across all of the region. And, um, and then one day a messenger came. And, um, and who knows that when a messenger arrives at the door, it's not always a good thing. And so not like a messenger on messenger, like beep. No, like, like somebody comes and knocks at your door. And in today's day and age, we know that if somebody turns up at our door that we weren't expecting because we do have messenger and people tell us that they're coming. Um, so when people arrive unexpectedly, we're like, oh, 
this probably isn't good news, especially if they arrive at 3 a.m. in the morning. And the example that I have is, is like a police officer coming to your door. You know that if you answer the door and there's a police officer standing there, it's probably not good news. When, when this messenger arrived, they... Um, they, they, they had this message saying, hey, the surrounding nations have formed three armies and they're walking against us now. They're already on their way. These three armies are coming against us. These three armies are chasing us down. They're coming to take us out of our land. And, and they, were, they were marching against them. And not only that, at this point when they got this message, they were close. They were already quite close. So there wasn't time for Jehoshaphat to, to um, rally lots of troops and get his friends to come from other nations. It was just him and his nation, and that was what he had. He had this small army of his faithful men. And so then he was like, it says in the Bible that Jehoshaphat was terrified. And, and sometimes in life, we're looking at a situation that's too big for us. We're looking at a situation that actually terrifies us. And you know what? In this story, Jehoshaphat was in this moment. He's, he's not only thinking about himself and his family. He's thinking about his people and their family, their wives, their children. All of these people were in his nation. And he knew that if those armies arrived on his doorstep, nobody was gonna survive. Nobody was gonna live. And so when he's standing there, He's like, this is too big for me. I can't actually do this. And so then what they, it says in the Bible um, that what he did was he, he begged the Lord for guidance. So he turned to God and he was, he was like, oh God, what are we gonna do? It's too big, it's too big. And, and then he went out to his people and he said, hey guys, you know what? There's, there's something that we can all do. We're gonna fast, we're gonna pray, we're gonna seek the Lord as to what we are supposed to do in this situation because this army is coming against us and we can't battle them. We can't do this on our own. So guys, seek the Lord. And so it says that they all came in from the, around the nation they came into the the one the city and they were they were praying and seeking the lord they knew that they were powerless they knew that they had no power in the situation but they all came together and they were praying and in this moment there was a a prophet that spoke and so in 2 chronicles 20:15 it says he said this is what the prophet said. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged for, by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them, and you will find them coming up through the, this place at the valley that opens into the wilderness. And it, say, it said there, the battle is not yours, but God's. And in this moment, they were told, so they were said, the battle is not yours. And I think sometimes we get so distracted by the battle. We get so distracted by the army that's coming against us that we forget that it's not ours, that it's actually God's. We forget that, that this thing coming against us isn't something that we have to battle. We don't have to find the answers. We just have to seek the Lord. And so in this moment, they were like, we're seeking God. And so I've got five keys to unlock the blessing. Five keys to unlock the blessing. And the first one is seek the Lord for the battle is not yours. 
Seek the Lord for the battle is not yours. In this moment, they had to decide, actually, you know what? It's coming towards us. This, this army is walking. We know that we are powerless, but hey, we're gonna seek the Lord because He's done it before. He'll do it again. I'll take this person's, um, this person over here has, has seen the breakthrough before, so I'll hold on to theirs. If, if anything else, I will know that God is gonna come through for me. And so they sought the Lord. And then it says in um, 2 Chronicles 20, 17, it says, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions and then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out tomorrow, uh, go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. So, in this, you will not even need to fight. That was a promise from God. With every situation, coming towards us, every situation, every battle that we are in, there's always a promise. There's always something to hold on to. That if when we seek the Lord, He'll give us a promise. When we seek God for His plan and His purpose, He'll give us a promise. And all we have to do is hold on to that promise. So point number two is find the promise. If you're in the moment where you're just like, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this. Find the promise. There's a promise there. There's something that you can hold on to. There is something that God will give you. And so then he said the next promise was, you get to stand and watch. Not only do you not have to fight this battle, you'll get to stand and watch. And then so God is saying, hold on to the battle. And in this, in the scripture, he twice he says, "Do not be discouraged." So just in case you didn't quite get it, don't quit, <laughs> don't quit. Believe in him the first time. Believe when he says he's got this. Believe that when you put it into his hands, when you seek the Lord, he takes it and he knows it's his. When he, when you are like God, I can't do this alone. When you are seeking the Lord, he's like, "Okay, I've got this. This is my battle. Don't worry about it, guys. You don't have to do this. All you have to do is seek me and find a promise, and I'll do the rest." The promises are always yes and amen. When God gives you a promise, you can trust that it will come through. It might not happen when you want it to happen. It might not look the way you expect it to look, but, but know that God is faithful. Know that God will come through for you. And so it says in the, in the next pieces of Scripture, it says he bowed low after he heard this promise from God. After he got this, this word from God, he bowed low and he worshipped the Lord. He humbled himself. He got down and he was like, thank you, God. He worshipped the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And not only did he do it, but his whole nation did it also. They saw what he was doing. They saw his leadership and they were like, hey, we're gonna worship God too. We've seen and we've heard the promise. It wasn't just for him, it's for all of us. Who knows that in this situation when you're standing there with your children and you're like, okay, God, I'm gonna believe you in this. I know that I can't get through this. I know that I'm not gonna be able to do this alone. I know that for the sake of my family and my further generations, I need you. For the sake of the generations that come after me, I need you to come through in this moment. So you get down and you humble yourselves and you say, thank you, God. Thank you for the promise. And so... 
And then it says that everybody got down and then, and then a few people decided that actually they would let out a shout. They would let out a shout of praise. And so the whole nation stood and they praised the Lord. They sung their praises. And in this moment, know that the army's still coming against them. In this moment, all they've got is a promise. In this moment, they still know that they have got to walk towards a battle tomorrow. They know that they are like, okay, we've got to walk. We can see the army coming, but we've still got to walk and believe that God's gonna do something. We've got to go out and get ready for this battle. We've got to put on our armour and be like, okay, God, we trust you. We're walking. And, and this is what happens in this moment. The, the next part is number three, praise Him on the way. And so they believed His promise. And they, they didn't let the promise die on the way to the victory. The next day they gathered their armies and they marched out into the wilderness and it says, on the way, here's the key, on the way. In verse, oh, no, carry on. It says, it says, on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped the army. So they're all walking, it's in the morning, and they're, they're, they're like, okay, we're leaving our wife, we're leave, wives, and we're leaving our children, we're leaving, leaving all the people that can't actually battle behind. We're gonna leave them in the, in the city, hopefully they're fortified enough to protect them if we don't succeed. If, if something doesn't happen in this next point, and in, in this next piece, we're just gonna believe God's gonna come through, but, but you know what, we, we're still gonna protect our family just in case. And so what they did was they got their army together and then they started marching and they're marching and they're marching and then Jehoshaphat is like, stop, stop, stop. Everybody stop. This is not right. We need to stop. And so he stopped his whole army and he said, we need to send all the musicians first. And who knows that when you're an army, generally you don't send the people that play the drums and stuff first. Usually you send the shields, right? Like this, was, this is how my mind would work. Usually you'd send the people that can probably protect you first. But no, they were like, no, okay, we're gonna send all the singers and all of the, the, the flute players and, and all of the people that are musically gifted first. Who knows that that plan's not probably the most strategic plan but it was a God plan. And so what they did was they were like, right, right, go, go, go. So they, and it says in, in um, Second Chronicles 22, at the very moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies to start fighting among themselves. So at the very moment that they started to sing, the very moment that they put their praise first, they put their praise before their feelings, they put their praise before everything else, they decided, no, we're gonna praise God. Before their safety, they put God first. Before anything else, they sent their praises first. And so as they're going, they're praising God. And at this moment, they still don't know that the armies are falling. They don't know that the army is dying. All they know is that God said, send the praise first, so we shall do that. And we shall walk, believing the promise. We're gonna walk, believing the promise, and we're singing. And at this moment, the army's dying. And when they get there, number four is stand and watch. Number four, at that very moment, they started singing. At that very moment. And then they got to, to get into this piece of, of land where it's, it's in, in the valley and, and they're looking out into the wilderness. And I can just imagine the whole army standing there over, looking over the wilderness, looking over where they're supposed to go and battle, looking over this field where they're supposed to go and fight. They get to stand there and be like, 
they're all dead. These, these three armies that were coming against us, they got to stand and watch. All they had to do was praise God on the way. They got to stand and watch and look out and be like, wow, God did a miracle here. God came through on His promise. We just had to praise Him on the way. We didn't let the promise die on the way. We let God do His thing. And so not a single one of them escaped. But not only that, did they get to stand and watch and look over this valley. It also says they got the blessing. They got the plunder. And so what I can imagine, it says that it took them four days. Four days to collect everything. So just think, like that's a a lot of gold and, and all of that kind of stuff, but it's a lot of blessing. It took them four days to collect, you know, by day four, that, that, that the wilderness wouldn't have been smelling so pretty. By day four, they're still like getting the gold out of somebody's pocket and they're just like, thank you for the blessing, God. Thank you that actually all I had to do was praise your name. All I had to do was stand and believe and walk and praise your name. And so they, they get to carry all of this plunder, four days of taking stuff in and out, in and out. And then they praised Him in the valley. They praised Him where all these bodies were. They praised Him again and again and again because they'd seen the promise. They'd seen it answered. They'd seen, they got to stand and watch. And then they got the blessing on the other side. So sometimes we see things that are too big for us to handle on our own. Sometimes we see things that we're just like, God, I can't do that. God, there's three armies walking against me right now. God, it's just me. What am I supposed to do here? And God's just saying, just praise me. Just praise me and find the promise. I've got a promise for you and your promises are yes and amen. Hold to the promise. If there's something in your life that's, that's not looking that good right now, know that if, if it's not good, God's not finished. If it's not good yet, God's not finished. And that is something that we need to believe and hold to because we know that when God has finished, it is good. We have to believe the promise and praise on the way there. We have to learn how to praise on the way there. And there's been moments for me that I have had to do this. And I have had to walk this journey multiple times. This is not a one-time thing. <laughs> this, is, this is over and over again, choosing to put my praise first. Choosing to be like, God, I trust you. I got a promise and I trust you. A year ago, we went to Shout Conference and there was a young man that, that we put onto life support. All right, like I had to make a decision about putting a young man onto life support. And, and who knows that any 29-year-old woman who does not have children, this is a big thing, all right? This is huge. I watched this kid practically die in front of me. But you know what? I was reminded that there was a promise for his life. I was reminded that there was a promise for him. So he might've been lying in a hospital bed on life support, but I knew there was a promise. So I praised him through that week. I praised God through that week. And you know what? I saw him survive. He's alive. We got to watch him come out again, but we, we also got to learn what it was to truly praise through the pain. We got to see what it was to praise. And not only that, God did some amazing things within the rest of our young people. We took like 30 young people, to, no, 20 young people to shout that year. And there was like, 
watching our team rise, watching young people's faith rise. They were like, you know, what's gonna happen? And, and we get back there and you know what? I had been crying for about eight hours straight at this point. And, and I was like, guys, it's okay. He's gonna be okay. There's a promise on his life. We just have to praise God for it. I need you to go into the session. I need you to go in there and praise God like nothing's happening. I need you to go in there and say, God, we believe you. God, we know you can do it. And so our young people caught something and they praised their way for Paul. They praised the way into that place. And we got to see amazing breakthrough. And not only that, there was there's recently, obviously I went to university, but for me, um, I had done a year of study about four years ago. I started an accounting degree and um, Yes, it's funny if you know the story. I literally cried the whole way through the first year. And, uh, and then I, I dropped out because I was like, I'm not doing this. This is horrible. This, I don't ever want to do this again. And I was not going to go to university. That was never going to happen. And so I got a job working for the church and I was working in the church and, and then God said to me, move to Dunedin. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go to Dunedin. Sounds like a great idea. And then God said, go to university. And I was like, nope, no, 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 not gonna happen. <laughs> We've been down that road. We know it doesn't work for me, okay? Like, come on, God, no. <laughs> and so what I did was I applied for jobs um, I applied for a lot of jobs and I didn't even hear back from a single one. Not even the thank you for applying letter. Like literally nothing. And so then I was like, okay, all right then. God's still saying, go to university. And I was like, no, I'm not going to university. So I rang Desiree and, um, and I said, hey, so um, I'm coming to Dunedin. Uh, and I'm finally coming to Dunedin. God said, go. Um, so I'm thinking that I might, I might do an internship. And, and Desiree said to me on the phone, uh, no, Nicole, you need to go to university. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, no, I don't want to. And anyway, so then I got over my pride and over myself and, uh, and I was like, okay. So I enrolled and I said to Desiree, I said, okay, I'll enroll. And if I get in, then I'll go. But I'm not gonna get in. And anyway, it was like literally 24 hours and I had my letter of acceptance or something ridiculous like that. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to university. And then I got to Dunedin and I was like, God, I, I, I've, I've got a promise from you that I'll graduate. I've got a promise that, that, that if you're sending me to university, you're gonna come through for me. If you're sending me to university, something's got to shift. It cannot be like the last time. I can't cry my way through the next three years. Like, it's not healthy. And, and, and God was just like, it's okay. And, I, and then he just said to me, tell me what you want. And I said, okay, well, I want friends. And <laughs> superficial things first. I want, I want my friends. And then I want, I want to have somebody to sit next to in every single one of my classes. And then I said, and then I want really good grades. And for me, that was like a really big ask because I didn't believe that I could do it myself. I didn't believe that I could get good grades. And so then I, I, I praised my way through university. The first semester came and went and I made some really great friends. And then also I made some really great grades. And so then I, I graduated university with a really great grade average. And I was like... Thank you, Jesus. I held on to the promise. I praised the way through it. There were definitely moments and assignments that came to trip me up along the way that I was like, this is, this is not good. But you know what? I praised God through it. I praised God through it. I served in the house of God and I praised Him through it. And I was like, thank you, God, that I get to journey this. And there was one one thing last year, Anna was here and she was a little bit, um, she said to me one day, she goes, oh, so she was doing her teachers, her master's in teaching. And she was like, nobody, nobody gets jobs in Dunedin um, as a first year teacher. 
So I don't know where I'm supposed to be next year. And I was like, I know where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be here. <laughs> and, and she was like, yeah, but what if I don't get a job? And I was like, no, no, Anna, you're supposed to be here. The promise is that you're here. You're building something. We're building it together. We're building the house in Dunedin and, and your time's not done. So Anna, you, you need to actually just thank God for your job because it's coming. You need to thank God and you need to de- decide in your heart that actually you're not going anywhere else. This is where you are, so your job's here. And so then Anna had to go through this little journey of deciding, actually, I will praise God. I will go through this with praise. And whether or not I'm working at a petrol station or teaching, I am in Dunedin. And so then, and I was like, Anna, just pick some schools and say, I want to work in them. Because for me, I knew that God had been faithful with university and given me friends. So I knew that if she wanted a job and she wanted it in a specific school, just ask for it. And so she did. And she, she had three schools on her list just in case. And there was one school that was her, her first pick. And she applied. She goes, oh, there's, so there's actually this job come up in the school, Nicole. And I was like, Yeah. Not surprised at all, but all right. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, okay, okay, I'm going to apply for it. And she got it. And within 24 hours, she got a job and we got a house in Dunedin. Like within 24 hours, all these prayers were answered. But because we decided that actually we would send our praise first, decided that actually this is where we're supposed to be. This is the promise God's given us. So we'll praise Him for it and we'll just expect it to happen. Because you know what? God said so. And so... We got to journey that journey together and it was fun and we had a great time. And, and she now works in an awesome school. And now we, we get to, to praise God in every situation. Recently, there was something that happened in my life that, that threw me a little bit and I had to, to praise God that I just got to go and sit you know, sometimes you don't, you don't know what's going on. You don't know how to deal with it. And you're just like, thank you, God, that I get to be here. I get to be in this room. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand what's going on, but I get to be here. I know that there's a promise for these people in my life. I know that there's a promise that, that if I'm doing what I'm doing, you're doing this over here. I know that there's a promise, so I get to sit and believe you for it. And so I got to stand and watch God move. I got to have conversations with people that actually I don't think I would have in any other situation. I wouldn't have had conversations and been able to speak life and hope and love into a world that was so broken had I not been faithfully following God and praising Him on the way. And so there was an army coming against them that was too big and too great for them to win against. So what they did was they sought the Lord, they heard the promise, they praised Him on the way, they stood and watched as He caused the army to fall, and then they got the blessing from it. So they sought the Lord, they heard the promise, they praised Him on the way and stood and watched as He caused the army to fall. Then they got the blessing from it. They were powerless, but the power comes from praise. They were powerless and in this moment they decided to use the one thing that they did have, their praise. The one thing that they did have was praise to God. The one thing that they did have was this faithful hope in the God of gods that serves so faithfully. And so they knew the promises. They were powerless, but they knew that their praise was powerful. And so 
we have to sometimes trust the Lord. Trust the Lord when it doesn't make sense. Trust the Lord when we're in those moments that our worlds are just like so crazy and everything's falling apart and we think that it is literally the end of the world. In those moments, we have to trust God because who knows that in that moment, they still saw the army walking towards them. They still knew that these armies were coming, that they couldn't battle themselves. They knew they stood no hope in beating. And so they knew that the only way that they could get through this was use their praise, use what they had. The one thing that they did have was praise. And so they decided to use it. And I guess the the question here is, is our praise war ready? Are we ready to go to battle with our praise? Are we ready to fight the heavenly fight? And in Isaiah 40, uh, sorry, Isaiah 54, 17, it says, no weapon formed against us will prosper. And in this, it says that no weapon formed against us will succeed. And, and it will, you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. In this moment, know that God gives us the authority to outwork His promises. God gives us the authority to outwork the fight. God gives us the authority to speak. All we have to do is praise Him. All we have to do is open our mouths and say, God, thank you for the situation. God, thank you that your promises are yes and amen. God, thank you that you're gonna come through for me in this situation. Thank you that you've done it before and you'll do it again. Alice, do you wanna jump up? Thanks. And then it say, as you in it, I guess if you're in this place and you're, you're not sure if you've got anything to praise God for, you're sitting here and you're like, actually, you know what, Nicole, you have no idea what's going on in my world. And yeah, that's probably true. I probably don't know what's going on in your world specifically. But I do know that I believe in a God that His answers are yes and amen. I believe in a God that says that if it's not good yet, he's not finished. I believe in a God that says if I'm not done yet, it's not finished. If it's not good, I'm not finished. And so the benefit of walking with Christ is knowing that he's with us, that in every valley and every high, God is with us. In every moment that we get to journey, God is with us. No matter what is going on in our family, knowing that that your family might not be saved yet or, or there's things going on in your family that you're like, this was not the plan, God. This was not what you promised. This child was promised that they would be in the house and now they're not. This, this child I had a promise for from birth and now look what's going on here. You know what, God's not finished. Continue to praise. Your university grades aren't good yet. Continue to praise God. Serve in His house and do what He asks and then watch and see. You get to stand and watch what God gets to do. You know what? He, he Sometimes things come against us that we don't understand. But we do know that God will come through. He works everything for His good. He works everything for His good. I know that in my life, there's been things that have come against me. I know that there's things that, you know, I walked away from, from church for 10 years. I know what it is to be in a deep, dark place. I know what it is to fight a fight for your life every day. I know what it is to be like, actually, I need something different. But I also know what it is to have a family that prayed for me. I also know what it is to have people that praised for me. I couldn't do it. And so you might not have anything to praise for right now. But in, in Psalms 136, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to God, to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to Him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. 
give thanks to Him who made the heavens so skillfully. I'm just gonna skip through this bit, boys, back there, sorry. And then it says, give thanks to Him who placed um, the earth among the waters. There is always something to praise the Lord for, for His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. If you're like, I don't have anything to praise God for, praise Him that He made you. Praise Him that you're alive and breathing. Praise Him that you have a family. Praise Him that you have one friend if that's all you've got. Praise Him for what you do have and watch and see what happens. Praise Him for the promise. If you've got nothing else, you've heard the promise, hold on to it and say, I thank you for it, God. I'm gonna hold on and believe that you are faithful because your faithful love endures forever. Be encouraged for He is with you. His promise still stands. Thank Him for your family, for your friends, for your children, for your spouse, for your home. Thank Him for your promises. Thank Him for the things that you get to see. Thank Him for the things that you are yet to see. Thank Him and then stand and watch. The key to your breakthrough is in your mouth. So what we're gonna do, church, is we're gonna stand and we're gonna give out a shout of praise. We're gonna shout out to God and say, thank you for what you've done in this place. Thank you for what you're doing in my heart. So as everybody stands in this place this morning. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.